Welcome to My Name is Not Steve, the podcast by storytellers about storytelling with people not named Steve. Hey, this is Pete Bauer. And I'm Dorothea Bauer. And this is season three, episode one of My Name is Not Steve. We are storytellers who talk about storytelling. That's true. And, and we're not named Steve. That's true. We are not named Steve. And if you want to know... You're messing up the intro. Uh, see, it's been a break. I, it's I, welcome to My Name is Not Steve. We are still not Dorothea, named Steve. Dorothea, I had surgery and I I'm weak. <laughs> I'm weak and I'm recovering. And I, I probably shouldn't um, be laughing at that. Because <laughs> <laughs> other people don't see the face that you're making at me right now. That you're mocking the, my, my... The full of crap face. Aww, that's nice that you know me so well. <laughs> it's so more terrible. sad. It's more sad actually that I used my recent surgery for such a weak point of sympathy. Oh, but Dad, you do that so consistently. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of like when your mother tries to get me to eat stuff I don't want. I'm like, oh, you know, darling, I have Crohn's and I have a restrictive diet, and <laughs> suddenly I want to engage that diet <laughs> so I can avoid eating that. So, yeah, I do that. Or like when it's your birthday and your birthday always extends past your birthday. It's either your birthday weekend or your birth month or your birth yeah. year. <laughs> it's true. Well, my birthday is always around Thanksgiving. So it's Thanksgiving weekend and everyone takes all that time off. So I have a birthday weekend. <laughs> it's great when it like starts on a Wednesday because <laughs> then I have all the way until Sunday that is officially my birthday. See, I love my birthday because it is right after a holiday. It's on July 5th, which means I almost always get it off of work. Yeah. What do I always tell you when you were growing up? You told me that you scheduled fireworks for my birthday, but for some reason they always came a day early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I should change companies. That's what I, I should mean, do. I mean, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, point. for all the coordination I, was... I do with the city and everything, <laughs> it's a problem. I just, I felt so loved that so many strangers came to my birthday party a day early. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very good at marketing. So welcome back, Dorothea. Welcome back, Father. So it is 2016. Are you aware of that? I, I was. Okay. I was aware of just that. Checking. I I did watch the clock change. Not the ball drop, but the clock change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to tell you something that I've been doing that annoys my wife recently. So you know how old people say the Google? <laughs> You know, yes. like, have you checked the Google? Well, I do that on purpose now. It drives her crazy. It does. Like, so she we were we were driving and I was looking, holding her phone, looking at the Google map, right? Mm -hmm. And so she's like, well, where are we? I'm like, well, the Google says in another two miles, you're going to take a right. And then when we got there, I'm like, all right, the Google says. And she's like, would you stop? Because I only said the Google, I don't know, about a thousand times in, in a 10 minute trip. She actually was talking to me and she was saying, you know, your father acts like he's saying it on purpose, but I swear now he doesn't even realize he's doing it sometimes. <laughs> no, I realize every time it's so just... So you realized before that you said the Google? Yes. The Google map? Yes. That was I intentional? Did. That was intentional. Sure it was. <sighs> it was. People can't see your face, Dad. The problem is, is that people out... I can see the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is like when I go to work... People don't know this history, so I'll say the Google, and I actually sound like an old person. Aww. Yeah. That and my gray hair really comes in handy. All right, 2016, Dorothea. Um, whence last we left off? Is that right? No. I, <laughs> I, had, uh, I was going into surgery, so I have Crohn's disease. I had an intestinal surgery. This is my sixth one, so I think I get the next one free. 
And I made you a card for that. I know, Do you remember like the Christmas little thing a few years ago? It was a punch card, <laughs> like what they have at Starbucks. <laughs> and I drew intestines yeah. and I punched through several of the surgeries. Yeah, I think I've earned that or a free soft drink. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I had that the and the recovery was actually really good. I mean, you know, the recovery stinks generally because they do cut you open and remove stuff and then put you back together. But overall, as far as all the surgeries I've had, and I'm a veteran at this, <laughs> it went really, really well. So many people prayed for me. Oh, it was really touching. I don't know why so many people love you. I don't know. I certainly don't. Well, they obviously haven't met me <laughs> or spent a lot of time with me or listened to this podcast. Daddy. It was really touching. I mean, really, it was overwhelming in, in the amount of affection that was uh, and prayers and support that were directed my way. So I was very appreciative of that. Anyway, the recovery went well, and we posted some podcasts that we uh, recorded ahead of time. And so that was good. And now we're back, live and better than ever. We're not live. I know, but <laughs> live to them. They don't know. Better than ever. <laughs> recorded and edited better than ever. Yep. So how was your holiday, Dorothea? Well, I, I took care of you, and I got a really good Christmas present. Yeah, what, what, um, do you want to explain? Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) But it's really important. Nope. Considering my. No. (laughs) Then why bring it up if you aren't going to talk about it? I like people in suspense. Uh, I tend to do that. I bring up things and then don't go any further. I may have to put the link to the video in the show notes. (laughs) We'll see what happens. I also can edit your website. (laughs) Just oh my goodness. I, I enjoyed my vacation from work. It was very nice to spend time with family and our cousins. Well, my cousins, your nephews, had their 30th birthday. And so we went to yeah, their party. Yeah, that was great. And it was a lot of fun. They planned this whole big thing because they're twins. And then one of my cousin's wife's birthday is also around that same time. So they called it their birthday trifecta because they were all turning 30. And uh, it was a lot of fun. They had a bunch of stuff. They had games and, yeah, and it was held poster at, boards of their childhood pictures. It was really cool. Yeah, it was held at a great venue where there was video games and like, you know, air hockey and things like that. And then outside they had all the cornhole stuff and they had a basketball. It was at a rec center sort of thing. It was just so cool. It was, it was a great party. I had a good time. The one thing that I really appreciated about the Christmas holiday is that it proved that I'm psychic because I warned you before Christmas that when you took on more things into your life, mm-hmm. that if you didn't manage your time and your work effort, you that you would get sick. Your... And you know what happened over Christmas? I was fine. You were so not fine. <laughs> you were very sick. I just need to access my inner Wonder Woman and take on the world. You need to not listen to me and then find out the hard way that I was correct. (laughs) It was one weekend. It was one weekend I worked too much. Which was two weeks worth of illness. Yeah, but it was only one weekend. Like, if you look at the the ratio. This is called rationalization, people. So back to writing, you know, on one of the pre-recorded podcasts we did when I knew I was going to be recovering, I had this theory that right before I would go into surgery, I would magically finish the fourth novel in the Gabby Wells series. (laughs) And what surprised me is that my brain had zero interest in doing any of that. It's almost like it was invested in healing you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is before. It was consumed with fear and worry. 
And that just did not really lend itself to creativity. And I was really actually surprised. I'm like, man, I, I should be doing something. I should be writing, but I have like no interest. I'm just thinking, I hope I don't die. I mean, it was just, it was really obvious yet surprising because I'm an idiot. So I did not get the fourth novel done as I had hoped. I'm working on that right now. And I hope to have that done in the next couple of months. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So the second one, as we know, is done. The third one, I think I've got all the beta reader feedback I'm going to get at this point because it was around the holidays and people were busy. So those who could participate did and those who couldn't, I haven't heard back. So I think I'm ready. So they're dead to us. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> so I'm going to review it and make a final read through, make whatever changes I have and then send that off to the editor. And then I get to think about what to do after the fourth book. We'll talk about that in future podcasts, but there's a window there to start working on other things. So And you've been thinking a lot about those other projects that you want to start working on, too. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know how it all works together yet. But anyway, so that's kind of the the writing piece right now. And during the holidays, one of my nephews, Jonathan, he was here, and he's a dedicated fan to the podcast. We love you. We do love Jonathan. Well, Dorothea more than me. But anyway, (laughs) I'm just kidding. That sounds awful. So he said... I always feel the need to clarify we're a very sarcastic family. Like every time we interact with other people. Yeah, they are surprised by that. But if you've been listening to this podcast at all, you know that already. But anyway, Jonathan had a good suggestion, which we're incapable of fulfilling (laughs) at this point. He's like, you know, it'd be nice if you guys disagreed more on stuff. And we've been thinking about that since he said that, which that was like three or four weeks ago. And we're like, um... Well, there's one thing we disagree on. That's true. It has to do with your sense of humor. All right. So one of the lines I wrote in one of the discarded Gabby Well novels, Gabby's talking to her dad. And as a dad would fearfully do, worries that it involves boys or getting married or something like that, eloping. And she says, don't worry, dad. We don't have nearly enough cattle to be of interest to anyone. Which is a very funny line. It is. So when I talk about you Mm -hmm. potentially getting married at some point, Mm -hmm. I just openly discuss your trade value when it comes to cattle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you, surprisingly... Don't find that funny at all. Mm. Why is that? Uh, Because I'm not for sale. (laughs) Why don't we start there? It's not sale. It's an independent woman. It's it's a bartering system. It's it's more of a. I'm not your property. It's like a gift that you get at a wedding. You know, instead of exchange for a person. Instead of China. (laughs) Instead, I know my argument's very weak here. Instead of China, you're just getting you know bovine. No, Dad, you're getting bovine. <laughs> That's true, because I, I do get the dowry in this case, don't I? Well, I guess not, because you're not for sale. <laughs> As you, your eyes are boring through me with <laughs> lasers and fire. So that's one thing. I think it's kind of funny. And it's not. And you think it's not at all funny. That's accurate. Yeah. My brother has a tendency to tell people, he's like, you know, DC is much more of a feminist than you would think. And I don't know what that sentence means. Well, because you're very traditional, you're like the epitome of what would be considered like an orthodox Catholic feminist. In other words, you're like, well, I have my faith and I have my traditional values, but I should get paid the same and I should be treated the same and respected the same. And, and of I course, can totally kick your butt. Well, that's, you did take MMA and Taekwondo. <laughs> so 
And actually, you know, all, all kidding aside, that's always been my feeling as well. I've always had strong women in my life, and all of the characters, well, almost all of the characters I've ever written in anything I've ever written has been strong women. As much as I do joke about you weighing the pros and cons of, of selling you off for cattle, I, I, I do mean that as a joke. I do respect you as a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, know, I, and I'm afraid a little bit of your strength <laughs> and... And skill. You really should be. I know. I know. <laughs> so that is something we disagree on. Yeah. You happy, I Jonathan? I don't know if it's really a point of discussion for this podcast. Well, I'm glad we talked about it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. One of your favorite commercials on television right now is the progressive commercial that is placed in the 1960s or something 50s. like that. 1950s. Yeah. And, because it's um, it just shows how different society is because... Back then, I mean, women did stay at home and raise the kids or whatever, and the and the guys went to work. And so they, they kind of pushed that to the extremes. And the radio announcers, like, well, the men do the hard work of making money. The women can do blah, blah, blah. And your response to that is, well, the men do the hard work of making money. And the women do the hard work of making people. <laughs> Where is your husband? <laughs> That's one of his lines. Anyway, I, I do laugh it, at that because it it shows how far um, and different we are as a society because, like, my mom grew up in that period, and there was nothing, you know, we look back on it, and one of the things that irritates me is is retroactive morality where we, we kind of place our own modern-day morality on past things. Now, I'm not talking, like, bigotry or violence or hatred or racism or anything like that, but I'm just talking about the way society worked together at that time is very different from ours. So I don't look back on that and think less of my parents and that society. That's what worked at the time. Actually, my wife and I kind of get frustrated that you now require two jobs to survive. Like it would be nice to have the option. I think if a woman wants to work and she should get paid like everybody else and be respected and everything. But if she wants to be home and raise her children, that's also okay. You know, or if the men want to do that, whatever. But the point is, is that right now, both spouses have to work really to keep things going. And and I don't like that about society. I think the feminist movement failed when it rejected its fertility and said, no, we want to be men. It's like, no, you should be women. And when you have babies, which is the best gift that any species can give to the species, is you should be rewarded for that and respected for that and upheld for that and not looked down upon. So I look at that commercial and it just makes me laugh because of the changes and and both pros and cons from that time. So anyway, that's the one thing we disagree on. But we will try to find more things that we, really? from a storytelling perspective, we don't agree on. But the, the hard part is, is that we, we really see storytelling so similarly. Well, we think very much alike, so... As we've established. It's hard to... Stay out of my brain. It's hard to just think of stories that we disagree on, because most of the time the flaws that we see are genuine story flaws, and it's not really a point of discussion. (laughs) (laughs) It's a flaw. It's a flaw. I remember being in high school, I went to summer camp, and it was right after the second Transformers movie came out, which was... Classic. Terrible. Classic film. That movie is horrendous. And one of my friends was telling me... It's like the Citizen Kane of Transformers movies. And I'm like, how could you possibly enjoy that movie? And it was because he didn't care about the movie. He cared about the action sequences. But the story for that movie is terrible. So when you look at that whole story arc, like I told him, step by step, the flaws in that story. And he's like, yeah, but it's still cool. Yeah, things blew up a lot. It was kind of cool. But we're not like that. So we can't be like, yeah, it was still cool. And you know what's funny is even in our family, they'll talk to us, right? And they'll be like, well, 
you know, I thought it was good, but I didn't think you would like it. <laughs> like, they, they already have, like, made this separation. And I look down on them with pity. You should. <laughs> <laughs> when my friends ask me for movie recommendations, <clears throat> there will be times I'll be like, oh, well, this is a good movie, which one of my favorite moments, it was so sweet and I didn't expect it at all, was I told a friend of mine to go see this movie. It was really good. And she told her boyfriend, that means it's a good movie. <laughs> and she says it's a good movie. That means it's a good movie. But there are other times they'll be like, oh, what do you think of this movie? And I'll just say, you will enjoy it. Right. Which is okay. That's you totally know? fine. Yeah. There are some things that I watch that are complete garbage, but I still enjoy. <laughs> like, well, you know, my father-in-law, before he obviously passed away, he he liked a certain type of movie. And he would have loved Transformers, too, for the same reasons. You know, he liked action. He liked war movies. He liked battle scenes. The logic flaws or whatever, he didn't really care about. That's not what he was looking for in his entertainment. So, yeah, there were times where I'd be like, yeah, this is a movie that Poppy would like, you know. And my son likes those types of movies, too. So, I'd be like, yep, Gabe, you'll like that movie. And and so, I, it is all it comes down to preference. But it is funny how people just look at us and go, well, I don't know if you'd like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But speaking of movies, there is a very important movie that came out very recently. Uh, really? Yeah, I mean, I think the majority of the world's seen it. I, what is it? I, I think it is something to do with a guy named Spock. I don't, I don't really no. know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a cardinal sin of sci-fi. <laughs> Star something. Trekker Star Wars. What's something. the difference? <laughs> yeah. So the latest Star Wars movie came out. And so I keep asking people, when can we openly discuss this movie? Because there's some big spoilers in it. And I really enjoyed it. But there's things about it that kind of drive me nuts. Well, I remember I saw the movie first. <laughs> yeah. And you asked me how it was, and I told you, and Uncle Tim and Gabe, it's very Star Wars, because you didn't want me to spoil anything, and I knew if I said anything else, you'd know everything about the movie. So I just said, it's very Star Wars. And you looked at me and were like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> and I kept thinking about it, like, because <laughs> that was all you would tell me, right? So then my son sees it. I was recovering, so I couldn't see it. So then my son sees it, and he comes home, he's like, yep, DC's right. And I'm like, what? What does that mean? It's so Star Wars. What does it mean? And then I saw it with you and everyone. And I'm like, oh, it is. Yeah. Which is good and bad, right? I mean, it's... It's Star Wars. Pros and cons. So. It's very Star Wars. It is very Star Wars. It's the best way to say it. But you know what? Star Wars imprinted itself on our pop culture history for a reason. So uh, Here's what drives me a little nuts, honestly. Okay. So you just had a very intense reaction to that. No, because I was thinking about <laughs> he put his hands over his face and started rubbing his temples. Here's here's what drives me a little nuts. So I remember seeing Star Wars for the first time in the movie theater. I was with my brother Steven. We were over he was going to the University of South Florida at the time. And so we were over there and I think we saw it at the university movie theater over there. Anyway, that was when I was twelve. Star Wars has been in the stores, like Kmart, now Target, Walmart since then <laughs> so when i walk through or see commercials and it's like oh my gosh it's 40 years 40 years of star wars crap everywhere <laughs> i mean i like star wars but i'm just walking around going does toothpaste need to be attached to star wars what is going on and you swore you swore that george lucas would not get any more of your money because you bought the original trilogy like 12 times and here we are and you're gonna buy another star wars 
I don't know. Here's <laughs> here's what really irritated me about that. Because so, so he releases the movies and we see them in the theater. And then he releases them updated with new technology. And then he releases them again with new technology. And I bought all of these. But he's like, we're never going to release the originals. So what did I do? Because those are the ones I love. Those are the ones, you know, when you're, like we've talked about before on the podcast, the magic years, especially for boys, are between like 10 and 12, right before puberty. And that's where when you see stuff, it just imprints on you and kind of informs the rest of your life. So Star Wars, the original, was really important to me for that reason. And the fact that they were never going to put the original version where Han shot first and all that other crap. Yeah, Han shot that, first. Let's just establish that. That's a very important part of his character. And it's stupid that they changed it to be whatever. Well, it showed that he grew, right? That's where he starts. He's heartless and selfish. And then he grows. And by the end of that movie, he's selfless. And that's the growth. Taking that out is stupid. Anyway, George Lucas is like, we're never going to release that on DVD. So I'm like, well, I won't just want to see that. I don't want to see this other crap, right? So... I go and I buy laser discs of the original one. And a laser disc player. And a laser player. disc player. Because <laughs> it's the only versions on digital that you could get. And I converted those. And then literally right after I was done, they released them on DVD. And then you bought those. And I bought those. And then I'm like, that's it. He's not, <laughs> Luke's not getting another freaking dime for me. But here's the deal Lucas sold it. So now it's really Disney I'm supporting. I'm sure he still is getting money from that. I cannot hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, so your history with Star Wars is so funny because then when The Phantom Menace came out, that movie was so mm, terrible, you literally edited I, a new version of it. <laughs> that's true. Actually, so you were at the age where we were starting to do, we were about to do Sunlight Pictures back then, and you had interest in editing. And I said, I have a great idea. Let's take <laughs> this movie with all this potential and edit it together and take out all the crap. So we did, and it actually is a really good movie when you take out Jar Jar Binks as much as possible, and like the pod the chasing. The thing. Oh uh, yeah. Remove that. Every time that Liam Neeson destroys any suspense, we took that out. <laughs> we took out the explanation of the Force, and we took out the stupid broadcasters during the pod race. Because when you take those guys out, and it's just the pod race, it's a really cool scene. When you're really intense in a scene, and then these dumbass aliens start talking like announcers on abc you're like what stupid anyway i mean you can't there are some things you still can't make up for like some of the acting choices but for the most part it's it's a much better movie it was a lot better and so yeah i did edit that and we had that copy that we made ourselves which is Uh, better i i remember i colored the yeah, you made you made an own DVD cover. <laughs> One last thing about this before we move on is Topher Grace, who was the the lead on that '70s show. He wanted to learn editing too to teach himself. So there's a story out there where he took all three prequels and edited into one movie, and it was just Anakin's story. And he took out everything else. I think he actually starts with Darth Maul and the death of Qui Gon Jinn, and it's like that's how it begins. And then Ben Kenobi, you have to raise the kid. And then the next scene is the second movie. They don't have anything else from the first movie. That was and, a smart choice. <laughs> yes. And then the second movie, and then he edits it all together. So it's just that story arc between Ben Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. That's a kind of a cool idea. It's always neat to do that. You can't obviously show it anywhere. It's copyrighted material. But for your own purposes, it's not a bad idea. So one other thing that happened on one of our podcasts is I talked about my son's friends and how special their relationship is. So Gabe grew up next to Robert, and they grew up together since they were two and are still friends today. He met Elaine on T-Ball at four, and they're still friends today. And then he met Nick 
in elementary school, and they're still friends. And also the Moffats, Billy Moffat is also a friend of his. They haven't spent as much time together because of a lot of circumstances, but they've been friends since they were like one or two years old as well. So Since they were zero years old. <laughs> <laughs> since they were zero, yeah. So, you know, I put that out there just to exemplify how rare that is and how much they should cherish that and, and foster that relationship. So I, I email Elaine and Nick and I say, listen, I just want to let you know we talk about you guys in the podcast in case you're interested. And Nick is offended. That, <laughs> <laughs> and I love Nick. But Nick's like, well, that's great that my backstory is and he has this other friend. <laughs> Gabe and Nick have a hardcore bromance going on. Yeah. Like, they go see each other every year because they don't live in the same place anymore. They text each other all the time. I mean, their friendship is hardcore. Yeah. And, it's awesome. Um, it is really a great friendship. <laughs> and it's it's founded in, in the Holy Spirit, and it's founded through church and their faith. So it, it really is awesome. So, Nick, for, for you listening out there, you're really important, not only to Gabe, but to all of us. It's true. Do you feel better now? you know what's weird about that sort of friendships because again i haven't had those is that they'll know each other sounds kind of weird but they'll know each other better than probably their spouses will because they've had their entire lives together uh, up until that point well and they'll remember that stuff too like there are things that i don't remember about my childhood but that i'm sure danielle remembers right yeah one of your childhood friends so it's just interesting to me that they've been friends that long and, and poor Nick needed a little virtual hug. And Nick, I'm wrapping my arms around you for a long, uncomfortable hug. <laughs> well, they are planning on building like this mini kingdom where their houses will be next <laughs> to each other. And, they were designing and their flag. <laughs> they were designing a flag. It was so funny. It was very funny. So we really didn't do his friendship with Nick justice. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and he and Elaine have a really good... It's funny. They have a very interesting relationship because... I really think they cherish each other's friendship and they try as hard as they can when they're in town to spend time together, but they don't, they don't do a great job of actually communicating. <laughs> Gabe did make some funny videos for them. Uh, we send them care packages every year and he included videos for them to watch, which were specifically for them. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, so they, they stink at texting each other, Gabe and Elaine. It's really quite sad. I mean, they text a lot of other people <laughs> successfully. You think they could do it. Anyway, so that, that's for you, Nick. I hope you feel better. Know that you're a very special part of our family, and we love you. (laughs) (laughs) So for the rest of this podcast, we really want to talk about what we're really going to focus on this next year. And you have some really exciting news that you're working on here. So starting the first Sunday of Advent last year, or technically this year, if we're going liturgical calendar wise, (laughs) um, but 2015, (laughs) it's very confusing. But I started a vlog on YouTube called That Catholic Girl, because God had been asking me to do that for a very long time. And I said no for a very long time, (laughs) because the Blessed Mother, I am not. So so I finally caved and started doing these videos. And they talk about a lot of different things. It's everything from basic truths about the Catholic faith, because there's a lot of misinformation about what Catholicism actually teaches, to just, hey, this is what's going on in the Catholic world and in my life. Um, The video that I posted today was just about a meeting that I had for World Youth Day and about how our lives are really pilgrimages towards heaven. And when you think of your life that way, um, it kind of changes the way that you live your life and, and how you approach your relationship with God. So... 
we've talked about a lot of different things and it's had a surprisingly good reaction. Yeah, it's really quickly taken off. It's really exciting. It's almost like it's what God wanted. Well, and it also fills an immediate need. You know, we talked about this last night. There's a difference between fiction and nonfiction. Nonfiction books are much easier to sell because you're answering a very specific question for someone, right? Do you want to lose weight? Here's my answer to that question. So you're giving information that is obviously needed out there by the Catholic and non-Catholic population because the draw has been really quick and immediate. Fiction's a lot harder because you're, it's kind of like movies. Some movies really mean something to you, but it reaches you on a different level. So it's not a, a simple sort of you're answering a question. It's more like you're filling a part of me in an entertaining way. And what's interesting about your vlog is that when I started Sunlight Pictures, I was really excited about that because I thought God was answering my prayers. And he was, a little bit. But when I prayed about it, he was like, well, you know, this is not for you. It's for Dorothea. And I was like, I don't like that. (laughs) So um, I was unhappy with that answer. But now I see why here like seven, eight years later. Yeah, here we are with That Catholic Girl. And if you want to check out those videos, you can just go to thatcatholicgirl.com. And uh, it will direct you to the YouTube page with yeah. all of that stuff. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. It's It's been a good experience so far. There have been people who've actually been really interested in watching it. I got this beautiful letter the other day from a girl who said that, you know, she needed some advice and she wanted to inspire women to be confident in themselves and not to hold themselves back. And it was really incredible. The moral of that lesson is basically do what God tells you. It's almost like that should be obvious. I love talking to my best friend Perpetua because she and I are really good at giving advice that we don't take ourselves. <laughs> I think everyone's so. <laughs> guilty of that, right? You shouldn't be eating that, you know, while you're down in a cupcake. So we were on the phone one night and I was talking because sometimes I really have a problem with certain biblical figures because if they would just listen to God, so many problems that exist today would not exist. And I was genuinely struggling with this. I was having a hard time with it. And I was on the phone with her and I'm like, but then, you know, I look at my life and go, but if you would just listen to the Lord, everything would go so much better. But she just waits for a minute, pauses and goes, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and as we have mentioned, I think before on this podcast is that when the Lord asks you to do something is specifically designed for you. It doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Like, you're, you're having quick success, which is good. The Lord's asked me to write this novel series. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful. It doesn't mean it won't be of good quality, but the reason that God asks you to do anything is for you to get closer to Him. And it will reach whoever God needs it to reach. Because there's been a lot of people, especially in Christian films, who have felt called to make Christian films, but it doesn't mean the product's going to be any good. It doesn't mean anyone's going to like it. Because that is not the purpose. The purpose of God asking you to do something is not for success in this world. It's to help people to get to the next one. And hopefully, you know, your work will be successful and reach people, but that's not the primary consideration when it comes to God. Well, and at the same time, too, you also have to be open to when God wants you to move on to other things when you finish that work and it's time to do something else. Because when we were doing Sunlight Pictures, we made this series, Nikki and Babs, and it was originally intended to be a conversation starter for youth groups. That was the whole point behind it. They were short videos. They were going to have a Bible study affiliated with them. They were very specific and targeted. And ultimately, they ended up being acquired by a Christian film distributor and marketed as a television show. And we didn't really feel like that was the right choice, which truthfully, we were right. That wasn't the right choice. But because of that, a woman named Patrice came across the videos and she sent you this beautiful message saying how it literally changed her life. And she wasn't even in our target audience. So Mm -hmm. you never know how your work is going to impact people and what God has planned for the future. 
Yeah, and you would hope that if one person is takes the time to write that, that means that there's a lot of other people who felt the same thing. They just haven't been inspired to write about it. You need to name a character in your book after her. I will. I'm going to name it in one of my Gabby Wells novels. She'll she'll be in there. I'll let her know. Do you still have her contact information? She's on Facebook. I yeah, I still okay. keep in touch with her. You should let her know. So as far as goals go, Dorothea, you with your vlog, you had a very small goal. <laughs> So how many followers do you already have? And it's only been out a very short time. I have 44 subscribers. Right. And your goal before we went on the air was what? 100 by the end of the year. By the end of the year. But you know. Even under the liturgical calendar, 44, (laughs) this short a time is really good. But you know, it could plateau. It could, but I doubt it. So here's the deal. What is your new goal after we discussed it? It's a thousand. A thousand. A thousand. Yeah. And I think you'll reach that pretty easily because you're going to World Youth Day and you're actually going to, if technology allows you, actually report from World Youth Day, which is going to be awesome. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. I'm so excited about World Youth Day. It's going to be amazing. I know. To go to like an overtly devout Catholic nation like Poland. And I just love St. John Paul II so much. So the fact that we're going to his hometown is going to be amazing. My goals this year is to finish the fourth novel in the Gabby Wells series to uh, market the second and third and fourth one and to use that to work on my new mailing list so that I can connect with my target audience directly. And then depending on, I don't know, whatever the the Lord's got to guide me here, but there's a couple other series I want to start writing. And then while I'm continuing on with the Gabby Wells series that I want to work on, and one of my goals is to find five new ways to connect with my target audience. I don't know what that is yet, but that's one of my goals because it's hard for me being who I am at my age to reach that demographic directly because it just seems odd, you know? So and creepy. And creepy. Bit. Yeah, that some 50-year-old guy's like, hey, want to read my book, teenager? It's just kind of goofy. Although if I was a woman, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a problem. But anyway, so I need to find other ways to interact with my target audience. So that's going to be one of my goals. These are good goals. They are. One of the other things um, that I really want to do with this podcast, hopefully, I spent a lot of my time recovering reading as many books as I can, and I read six books um, on my seventh Three of those seven are written by Catholic authors. So I decided that I'm going to have, I think, bonus episodes. I haven't really thought all the way through here. But I want to do interviews with other Catholic fiction authors and promote their work and just establish that community. You know, there's some Facebook communities out there that are pretty good. I don't want to actually interview them until I read their stuff because I want to have a, a, a better conversation with them than just talking about theory, but actually their work. So I'm excited about that. I, I have to set all that up and reach out and see if they'd be willing to do it. But it's been interesting because I've read a lot of books that I wouldn't normally read. I usually like thrillers and suspense things. So I read a Catholic dystopian, kind of like a Hunger Games-ish story called I Am Margaret, the first in a series by Karina Turner. I believe she's in the UK, so I'm going to try to connect with her. I also read Three Gates of the Dead by Jonathan Ryan. It's a horror novel. It's not overtly Catholic, but I know he's a Catholic convert. He talks about spiritual and religious aspects in his book, but I I want to talk to him more about that. And I'm currently reading At Home in Persimmon Hollow by Jerry Bauer. I would mentioned before that someone heard that they should read my book and bought that one instead. And then I connected with her online and told her that story, and her husband is named Pete. So that was really (laughs) funny. And I actually read three other books. I've read The Martian by Andy Weir. I Hunt Killers by Barry, I think it's Lyja or Lyga. It's a disturbing but good young adult thriller. And our friend's book, Elise Kova, 
her Air Awakens, her first book in her fantasy series. So I read a fantasy novel, a dystopian novel, a horror novel. A romance. I'm actually in the middle of the romance right now. Which is always really enjoyable. Sometimes when you try those new books, you never know how it's going to go, but some of them can be really incredible. Yep. Okay, so that's kind of what we're going for. It's kind of the things that are in the hopper right now, kind of catching everybody up on my surgery and the writing progress and the novel series and the goals and all the new things that you're working on. So it's going to be, I think, a very exciting 2016. I feel really good from my surgery, so hopefully that will stay that way. And I think we're going to get a lot done. I'm really excited about that. Yay. So recommendations, Dorothy, what do you got? I recommend, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this, but they're wrong. (laughs) I recommend watching movies in 3D. We were very blessed for your birthday. You got a 3D television, so we've been able to watch some movies in 3D. I had to beg my wife, but I'm like, I'm turning 50. (laughs) Five zero. I'm entering old age. Like, help the old man out. And it's just so cool. The depth that it provides is insane. But even if you just go to see a 3D movie in the theaters, like, give that a chance. The tickets are more expensive, but it is an experience. And it's so cool just to feel like you're part of that world. Yeah, it is. Now, not every movie that's in 3D is good for watching in 3D. That is true. Man of Steel, for example, is not a good movie to watch in 3D. The camera or shakes in too. <laughs> the camera shakes too much and things like that. But the movies that do work to help you kind of focus on where you need to focus and things like that, it's it's really, really good. So yes, I'm a big fan of 3D. Um, my recommendation is a sad little addiction that I've recently acquired. It's very much an addiction. <laughs> it's, called, <laughs> it's not even funny. <laughs> it's called Battlefront. It's a PS4 video game. My wife Star also... Wars Battlefront. Yes. My wife also bought a PS4 for my birthday weekend (laughs) Um, with the television as a bonus. And it was really touching. My wife's amazing. So for Christmas, my son got Battlefront and we've been playing it. And these designers are really, really good because you just want to keep playing. So I've been indulging in that because I know once I start rewriting the third book and I start working on the fourth book, I won't have time to play Battlefront anymore. So I've been a little indulgent. A little? (laughs) And I've slept less than I should. But it is a really good, well-designed game. And especially the online game part of it is really, really good. So for those looking for a fun battle game, that's awesome. Battlefront. Life-sucking battle game. (laughs) Yes. You'll lose three to four years of your life by playing it. Absolutely. Um, The last thing I want to say before we wrap up is I talked to my brother, Paul, who has Crohn's and listens to our podcast. I tell him about that I walk all the time. And so he's going to start walking because as I said to him, it's something I said when I, before I had my, I don't know, like three or four surgeries ago, the doctor's like, well, you can wait, but you should probably do it now. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be better later. Like, I'm not going to be healthier tomorrow. I'm not going to be younger tomorrow. We should do this now. And talking to my brother, Paul, I started walking. It really helps me and my disease. So I'd recommend that to you. So he's going to start doing that. And usually if you walk about, I walk about 40 minutes, which is about two miles. And usually our podcast is around 40 minutes. So you could put the podcast on your phone or on a device and walk. And by the time you get back, the podcast will be over and you'll probably be grateful. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it, Dorothea. Season three, episode one in the books. What? So... If you would like to email us, email us at Pete at PeteBowerBooks.com. You can also comment in the comment section. And if you want, you can. Rate us on iTunes. Yeah, we need it. So step up, people. Rate us well. That's what Uh, we need. Now, rate us honestly (laughs) as long as it's above three. (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening through this kind of recap of what's going on and where we're heading. And next week, we'll have some more specific details and storytelling analysis and observation. And maybe Star Wars we'll talk about. Maybe. Or maybe not. (laughs) Also, hi, Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.